I'm sorry, we're still, we're not still, we're not going to continue Revelation today. <laughs> so I think some of you are happy. <laughs> we're going to continue after the, after the, after the camp. So we're going to, uh, we're more than halfway through the book of Revelation, so good. Uh, we're past Revelation 13. And let's do that after the camp. In the next few Sundays, uh, we're going to talk about series of message that relates to our camp, the topic for our camp. That's what I'm going to do today. And at the same time, I wanted to do a follow-up of our Father's Day message. Many of you were here last week, and I would like to do a follow-up on that, a more practical side of that message last week. And also another thing I just want to share is that in the next few months, starting next month, we're going to have a few of our leaders begin to preach here every month. So I uh, uh, encourage you to, uh, to be on those Sundays. We, we're still trying to figure out what Sunday would be good, but, uh, but next month we'll have a first person preach. Okay, the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> I want to share this. I'm amazed how God is working in your lives. You know, as I said in, in the prayer earlier, working in ways that's beyond expectations. Not only that you're involved in our life groups, and some of you are even starting life groups, right? Local life groups here. But what I'm seeing is that more and more of you are reaching out to your families and friends in the Philippines through online, you know, ministry. I, I just heard this word. Uh, you are now called digital missionaries. That's interesting, right? Digital missionaries. Um, in fact, in our prayer meeting, week after week, we, we, we're now praying for those people who came to know Christ through your online ministries. And what's interesting is some of you are even reaching to your classmates from, from high school. <laughs> and people are attending those online gatherings. It's just beyond imagination that God is doing this in your life. Um, and you are taking the initiative, and I encourage you to do more, and others as well, to, to do online ministry if this is where God leads you. Amen? Um, there's really no excuse nowadays because it's very easy. You can do it at the comforts of your home, right? Of course, it's no replacement for in-person fellowship. Of course, there's, limit, there's a lot of limitations with online gathering. But if that's where God leads you, then I encourage you to do it. You've got family that are not with, uh, without Christ. You have friends in the past or without Christ. Use it to evangelize, use it to disciple people. And if you need help with materials, we do have a material that is very simple, easy to use. New Life Discipleship, some of the life groups are using it already. So I encourage you to use that material. And this really fulfills our vision as a church to glorify God by helping people love God, love people, and impact the world for Christ. And we're, we're at that point, right, in what you're doing, impacting the world, impacting people around you with the gospel. Last Sunday, we learned that, that life is but a vapor, a mist, here today and gone tomorrow. And we learned that we are to make every moment count, every day count for the glory of God, count for eternity. Amen? We hope you remember that. In fact, Jesus, uh, Paul told us, in whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, you know, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Amen? Even in the most mundane of your experience day each day, basic experience in life, even brushing your teeth, make it count for the glory of God. You know, instead of thinking random thoughts while brushing, I have an electric brush, and a brush now, electric toothbrush for a long, after a long time. You know, instead of, 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 of having random thoughts, use it to worship God. Amen? Use it to worship God. In the last few moments before you fall asleep, you know, you're in your bed, I, I, know you should, I know all of you pray sitting down before you go to sleep, right? You sit down to pray before you go to sleep. But when you're lying down and you're about to doze off, about to sleep, also use the time to worship the Lord, to thank the Lord. 
When you're jogging, maybe you should listen to a John MacArthur sermon. Amen? It's perfect for your, if you're going to jog for three miles or two miles. Uh, Mealtimes is a good opportunity for building relationships, you know. Encouraging opportunities to encourage other people during mealtime, especially you know in your in your workplace, in your at your at home. If you as a family sit together on the on the on the table uh, uh, for dinner, maybe, and maybe you should make it a goal that I should never eat alone, <laughs> especially at school or a workplace at your workplace, because it's your opportunity to engage, connect with people. And we know from Scripture, this kind of life, this kind of life glorifies Christ. Remember, in everything you do, whether you eat or drink, right? The most basic stuff in life, you glorify Christ. And, and in fact, it is through this, where we make every moment count for Christ, it is through this that we experience the most fulfilling, most joyful most satisfying kind of life. I hope you agree to this statement. Most fulfilling, most joyful, satisfying kind of life. The Blessed Christ, he reminded us, he told us, by the way, in, in John 10.10, 10, that, that, that uh, he came to give us life, and life to the full. Life to the full. So maybe if you're a believer and you're struggling with loneliness, sadness, maybe depression, and you feel that your life is running in circles and you're not moving forward maybe. You feel that you're not moving, going anywhere in your life. Maybe you just buy stuff in Amazon to give you excite, make you excited for a while. And once it arrives, bang. <laughs> you're discouraged again. <laughs> it's possible that you've been disobedient. Is it possible that you've been consistently disobedient? That's the reason for your, for your struggle with sadness, loneliness, depression. Maybe the sin, maybe sin and the cares of the world and the agenda of Satan has taken over your life. I want you to consider this. You know, Jesus, if you observe his life in the Gospels, how many of you have read all the Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Not to put you on the spot, but I hope so. I hope you read all the Gospels. If you... Observe the life of Jesus. He made every moment count. He made every second of his life count. He made every day of his life count for the glory of God. Not a single moment in the life of Jesus was wasted in worthless matters, in worthless things. Even his meal times, whenever Jesus had meals with people, it was a teaching opportunity for Jesus. He draws sinners to himself during those meal times. Remember the Pharisees were accusing him of being a sinner because he was eating with, you know, sinners and Pharisees and, oh, sorry, not, <laughs> tax collectors. Of course, Pharisees were the same as those, those sinners that they accused of. And he used those meal times to encourage his disciples. Come to think of this. John 12 to John chapter 17, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. How many chapters is that? Six chapters? Or maybe 13. Sorry, it's not in 12, but 13. So five chapters. Imagine those five chapters in John where we find the account of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. This is where we find the message of Jesus telling us, giving us a new standard for loving one another. In those passages, we find the teachings of the Holy Spirit. Jesus' high priestly prayer that uh, Brother Roel just quoted earlier, um, where, uh, it, it's, it's known in John 17, it is known as the longest recorded prayer of Jesus in the gospel, John chapter 17. They worship and sang, yes, Jesus sang. He sang the songs as well with his disciples. It was the moment where he revealed Peter's denial, you know, Judas' betrayal, he revealed his crucifixion. He revealed his resurrection to his disciples. He revealed also the persecution that's about to happen. A lot of things happened, right? In just those five chapters that's recorded in John. But did you know all of this was done over dinner time? <laughs> they were having dinner when all of this happened. That's where we got the Last Supper, right? 
It was all done during dinner time, the night before Jesus was about to be betrayed by Peter and, of course, the crucifixion, before the crucifixion. It was all during dinner time. Jesus made the most of his time on earth, made every second count. And John, Apostle John, drives this home for you, for all of us. I'm sorry I don't have the verses here today, but I want you to concentrate on what I'm about to share so that uh, you can focus. Yes. In 1 John 2, 6, by the way, you can open your Bible in these verses that I'm mentioning to, just to make sure that I, I got it right. <laughs> um, in 1 John 2, 6, this is what John says. Whoever claims to, be, to live in him must live as Jesus did. Think about that. If you claim to be a Christian, if you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you must live as Jesus did. That's hard, right? But this is the expectation for us believers. If Jesus made the most of every moment of his life, then we ought to be like him also in making the most of every moment of our lives. You know, that's the point of being a follower of Jesus. Amen? Meaning, if you are a follower, you follow a leader. If you are a disciple, you follow a master. You do what your leader does, you know, does you do what your master does. And, and last week, we had our kids here, so I, I hope I didn't make them too guilty with what I shared last week. But even our kids need to begin to think like this. To count every moment for God and His glory. I'm talking about kids who are already followers, believers in Christ. Or else, you know, they will waste years and years of their life chasing after the wind. And some of you have been there. You've been there. Wasted many years of your life chasing after the wind. It's tempting for young people, even those who are young here today, some of you are still young. Even those who are young here today, it's tempting for you to think that you might say these things. Oh, I have many years ahead of me. I can do whatever I want to do with my life. I'll just give myself fully to the Lord. Later na lang kung 30 na ako. Or if I'm 40 years old, when I'm old, I cannot walk anymore. I'm going to give my life to Christ. You know, some people think like that. A lot of people think like that. Talk to people like that many times. When I'm, I'm still healthy, I don't have time for God. Meron pa akong ambition, pastor. Meron pa akong dreams in life. God is not in my, Lord is not in my agenda. For you believers, let me tell you, snap out of it. <laughs> snap out of that thinking. Tanggalin mo yan sa isip na you have many years ahead of you. And, and that you'll just give your time to God later. And I'm not talking about full-time ministry, by the way. Some of you might be thinking, oh, uh, you want us to become pastors, all of us, or missionaries, or Bible teachers. No, that's not my point. My point here is making every moment count for the glory of God. Amen? And here's the reason why we don't have much time. That's why we're reminded in Scripture that our life is but a vapor, but a mist. Growing in your ministry, talking about you believers here, if you're a believer, follower of Christ, being involved in ministry, in church, serving, using your gifts, growing in ministry, growing in service, growing in your spiritual gifts takes time. Takes time. Then there's another thing. Growing in your character. Growing in your, in your character, becoming like Christ takes time as well. takes time. Growing in your heart and motivations, you know, because, you know, when you begin your walk with Christ, oftentimes your heart is very far from Him. Oftentimes your motivations are wrong. The reasons why you go to church, the reason why you sing, the reason why you worship God, maybe the reason why you're in church, oftentimes when you're new in Christ, it's still wrong. And God has to change that. God has to transform those motivations as well. And to become effective in serving Christ and doing His ministry, you need both 
of course, to serve Him, but you need maturity as well. Maturity in your gifts, maturity in your character. And how long will it take? Now, it depends on how obedient you are. <laughs> depends on how yielding you are, humble, how humble you are. How long it takes, it depends also on how hard-hearted you are, hard-headed you are, how stubborn you are, how unyielding you are. You know, if you, uh, for those who grew up here, I'm not very familiar with the public school system. We don't have also kids. I don't really know much about the things in, in the public school here. But one of the things I know is that they have achievement exams, right? I think in Texas it is STAR, right? Star, I know, because <laughs> I googled online. <laughs> and these kids oftentimes take, you know, I mean, they take this exam to, to figure out if they're, you know, successfully uh, understood whatever they need to learn on their grade level, right? I hope that's accurate. But the same thing in your walk with the Lord. Sometimes you have to take the exam over and over the trials, those are exams from God. Temptations that you go through, those are exams from God. The suffering sometimes you're going to go through is, are things that God allows in your life to test you. It, those are exams. And what happens is some of the trials takes time. And sometimes you have to take it over and over again. And you're not able to graduate from grade 2. And God already wants you to be in grade 3, but you're still in grade 2. So instead, God is saying, okay, you're going to graduate to grade 6 in, in 10, uh, let's say 10 years. That's ambitious. Uh, that's too long. Let's say you're going to graduate from grade 6 a year from now. But now, because you're taking the exam over and over, you're failing the trials of God. Instead of trusting God, being humble before Him, you resent Him, you get angry at Him, you become bitter against Him, you run away from the church. What happens? You get stuck in grade 1 for the next 10 years. And what happens is, this process of maturity in Christian development, development of your gifts, might take even decades. Decades. I can attest to that. And before you can experience lasting fruit, fruit, uh, fruit, sorry, fruitfulness in the Christian life, and effective, how being effective in your ministry, God will probably train you for years and years and even decades to prepare you for that. If you don't see any fruit in your online ministry, in your life group, you, you expected 12 people to come and only one person showed up, don't get, don't get, get discouraged. It simply means that there's more growing to do on your part and on their part as well. Amen? So keep on doing. Learn from that experience. Because God is training you. You know, a tree bears fruit in seasons. What we forget is that that tree, on some seasons, it does not bear fruit. On some seasons, it's just growing leaves. Not much, not too exciting, right? And it's quiet there. It's just there standing. As if nothing was happening. But it is growing leaves, growing more branches. You don't see the excitement of, wow, there's something going on there. Wow, wow. No, no. So most of the time it's just silent. They're sitting by the streams of living water. But when the season comes, bang! You see a lot of manga and santol. I'm sorry. I'm, I know you're, you're watering now when you hear the word santol. I'm sorry for those who don't know what santol is. <laughs> but it's a fruit that's uh, sour, right? In the Philippines, it's, it's very delicious. Especially with uh, bagoong. And, uh, and, and asin. <laughs> if you don't have bagoong. You know, in, in college, um, in college, I chose a career path of becoming an engineer. So that was my desire to become an engineer, programmer. I like hardware and software, so I read whatever book was available in the library to learn uh, programming, computer programming. I would even spend nights, whole nights at the computer lab. And that wasn't even part of my coursework. <laughs> 
In fact, I failed in some of my coursework because I spent too much time in learning software. Too much time. I can dream of software. <laughs> yeah, when they call yung mga electric dreams, what they said long ago, I had those. <laughs> um, but I was, as I was growing, as, but I, as I was pursuing this uh, life of becoming an engineer, career of becoming an engineer, I was also growing as a believer in Christ. And, and even back then, I think I was 18, 19 years old, I already had desires to become a pastor. That was many, many years ago, if you know my age. <laughs> I already had desires of becoming a pastor. In fact, after that, I had three situations where I wanted to get into seminary. Three times. But God gave me a clear message. He said, Al, this is not the path for you. This is not my will for you to get into seminary. The last seminary that I attempted to get into was Dallas Theological in, here in, uh, in Dallas. But instead, this is what God led me into. Um, during those years in college, I, got, I saw an ad on television for a new company in Manila. It was Intel, but they were building a new facility. I was still in college. There is, you know, during that moment, I told myself, I would like to work for that company. So, eventually, I found myself working for that company after college. And since that time, since that moment after college, I got involved with 16 different churches. In fact, different denominations as well for most of them. Um, I was involved in church planting through those years while I was working for this company in Manila. And then moved to the U.S., worked also for different tech companies. But I got, the Lord brought me to different churches, and we were involved in church planting. We were involved in small churches and big churches, different denominations. One church was named Mahal Kani Jesus Christian Fellowship. And the other church was Calvary Chapel, of course, in Idaho. We were involved with Calvary Chapel there. This was in different cities, different socioeconomic background, rich church, poor churches, uh, materially. Um, we were, I was involved in a ministry in the slums of Manila and also in the suburbs of Idaho. Uh, I was mentored by, a, by those pastors of those churches and the leaders of those churches. We were involved in campus ministry as well as in workplace ministry. But while I was doing all this, of course, ministry, church, I was committed to my career as an engineer. I, was, I worked for three different tech companies who are, who are back then the leading edge of, world, of the technologies we have today. We, you don't know anything about, you didn't know about smartphones back in the 90s, right? But we knew about these things already. Touchscreen, we knew that already. We, we had already, we knew about those things already. Even before it came to Steve Jobs' hands in 2007. We were already seeing these things back in 1996. So I'm saying that I was still committed to my career, but God was putting me in different places. In that way, he was maturing me, developing my gifts. You remember the desire I had when I was 18, 19, 20 years old? It only became a reality 20 years later. 20 years later. And even then, it was during while I was working for a tech company here in Austin, and, and God just opened the way for us to start Filipino Christian Fellowship, which now is River Life Church. God did not put me in the seminary road, route. And I think there's a reason, and I believe this is the reason why God have raised a pastor for you here in River Life, such as my experience. I didn't go to the seminary road, route. I believe the reason why is to encourage each of you that I'm standing here not as a professional in a way, as a worldly, prof from an earth's perspective, not as a professional, but as just one of you. As an engineer who worked for a tech company and just so happened who preaches on Sunday. And I want you to begin to think like this because you can do full-time ministry 
I know there are people who are called to full-time ministry, quote-unquote full-time, where you give 100% of your time, which is what I'm doing almost. <laughs> not, 100%, not in the sense that I'm here in the church working all the time. Rel and I, we have a business and still do side programming things. But, but I'm saying that you can give yourself fully to the Lord in whatever situation you are in life right now. Amen? In whatever situation, whether you're a student, a teacher, nurse, you can give fully your life to the Lord. You can give it fully to the Lord. Whatever career track you are in, whatever situation you are in. So snap out of this thinking that, that you have a lot of time and you cannot serve God fully because I'm in this job or I'm in this career. Remember, this is what Paul said. You probably heard this passage in Ephesians 5, 14 to 17. Ephesians 5, 14 to 17. Let me look at my time. Okay, we're good. <laughs> Awake, O sleeper. Arise from the dead. And Christ will shine on you. That's Ephesians 5, 14. Awake, O sleeper. Paul is saying, snap out of it. <laughs> Snap out of the idea that, that you can, that you are gonna, you know, just spend your life on worthless things, on things that doesn't pertain to the glory of God, things that doesn't pertain to eternal matters. And you, you might be inclined to think, Al, you're, you're, that's wrong context. I think that passage is talking about unbelievers, or maybe it's not really about me. You know, Paul might be talking to those who are lost. Nope. Listen again. Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead. Christ shine. Christ will shine on you. Listen to the next passage. It's the same thought, and he's talking to you. Look carefully on how you walk. Not as unwise, but wise. Making the best use of your time. Because the days are evil, the days are short. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Whew. Do not be foolish in wasting your time on worthless matters. Do not be foolish. The days are evil. You know, Rel and I... Um, some of you probably know this. We're productivity buffs. <laughs> uh, you, some of you see me carry a planner most of the time. I'm not very, per, I'm not as good as Rella. She's like the. If you want to know about productivity stuff, she's the master. I'm just the her disciple. <laughs> uh, and you know, we experimented, ex experimented with many kinds of planners. You know, day timers over the years since we first met. You know, the very first training we had on productivity was still back when I was in my, I think I was 26 years old or 20, 26 years old. And it was Covey, uh, Stephen Covey's book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And that was like decades and decades ago. And that really impacted me. And that's the, that began our journey on productivity kind of things. And, and that's not a Christian book, by the way. <laughs> I think Covey is a, is a Mormon. And, but his book is really good, and I encourage you to read that, Seven Habits of Highly Effective, Effective People by Stephen Covey, if you haven't read that. But here's what Rel and I, here's what we do more and more, because I would like us, in a practical sense, how do, to, you know, how do I apply, I would like us to apply Ephesians 5, 14 to 17. How do I apply Ephesians 5, 14 to 17, making the most of my time uh, to look carefully on how I walk, how I live, not to be as unwise, but to be wise. How do I do this in a practical sense? Make you best use of my time. How do I do this? In a practical, day by day, moment by moment, you know, sense in our, in our, in our daily experience. Here's what Raul and I do more and more. I'm not saying that we, 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 we made it, we attained this, or have been made perfect, but we're still pressing on. <laughs> You know, just like Paul says. But, but here's the thing. Here's what we try to do. And, and I'm going to share it to you what we try to do. Sim it's, this is simple. 
when you do your devotion in the morning, when you do your devotional time in the morning, there has to be three books in front of you. Three, just three books. Of course, you want, you want to have commentaries uh, and Bible study guide. That's extra. But, but just three books on your, on your devotional table. The first book, of course, is the Bible. When you do your devotional time. The second book, of course, most of you have this, your journal, right? Your devo devotional journal because you, you, know, you need that for your devotional time unless you use a devotional book. But let's say you have a notebook. The third book is your planner. It's your calendar. It's your schedule for the day. It could be your iPhone if you're really good at using it. I'm still not 100% sold out with the, with the iPhone planners because it's not as easy to use compared to actual paper unless you like some of our guys here. Renel, he uses uh, the Apple pen. So I'm not also good at that. So, so, so the Bible, of course, you use that to read scripture, to meditate on God's word, which is what you do in your devotional time. Then afterwards, once you are meditating on the word of God, you write in your journal your insights, your prayers, maybe prayers inspired by your devotional time. In one of our live groups, we did a workshop on doing your devotions, right? In the Leander live group. I hope you should do that also in the other live groups. You know, do our workshop on doing your personal devotions. Then... You also write down an application. Lord, what do you want me to do based on this? what, what I read? What's my application? What should I do, Lord? So you write that down. Maybe the, God is telling in your heart that this is what I'm supposed to do today, tomorrow, maybe next month, next year, whatever God is leading your heart to do uh, as, a, as an application of what you're meditating. So you write it in your journal. And here's where the planner comes in. Because you want to be faithful in obeying the Lord Whatever application, whatever God leads you to do, you put it into your calendar. You put it as a goal. If it's a goal, you put it as, a, as an agenda, uh, maybe as an appointment. If it's something that God wants you to do, if it's a task that you need to do, put it also in your calendar that I'm going to do this, this task that I read from this passage and, and in my uh, 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 insight and applications in my journal, I'm going to put it as an actual task or a goal, or an appointment. If something God leads you to, hey, hey, uh, Al, you need to talk to your, to your cousin and, and encourage him. And, and okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to write a schedule. Okay, I'm going to set Friday next week to talk to my cousin. Maybe God is telling me, hey, you need to pray for these five people in the church, and you list the name of people, the, the people you're going to pray for. It's going to take time. So I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to schedule praying for these people on Monday morning at 8 in the morning. And I'm going to even put the names of those people on Monday morning, on my Monday portion of my calendar. You see the point here? I hope you understand what I'm saying. We cannot be haphazard in our Christian walk. If, if Christ is very careful in how he spent his moments, I think we need to be at this level also. Be careful. Like an accountant looking at your day, looking at your time. Said, am I using 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock? Am I using this for God's glory? And that's the beauty about having scheduling, figuring out your day. Because you can, you can plan out and, say, and see, okay, which part here? Which part of the day that I'm able to do the will of God? Which part of the day that I'm prone to sin and temptation? <laughs> Maybe I should do something different there. Maybe go out and do something to avoid that situation. And you can plan out and figure out, am I using my time wisely? Am I using my day, my moments wisely, making the most for the glory of God? Yeah, you can you can see that in your if how you that's that's why I encourage you to do your devotions in the morning. There's no replacement for morning devotions. I know some people will say, "Oh, I'll just do it at lunch in the evening." It's not the best. Let me tell you, it's not the best. It is in the morning. You know the reason why Jesus had to wake up while it was dark to spend time with his father. Right? Jesus had to wake up before everyone wakes up. He wakes up when it's still dark because he was spending time with his father in the morning and we ought to do the same. I'm not saying I, I'm perfect on that, but that's 
also, I'm also getting to that more and more. Focus, be consistent in that as well. Now we're ready to go to our passage in Romans 12. This is what this passage says. I have given you the introduction. The body of the sermon is just very short. But this, hopefully this prepares you to appreciate Romans 12, 1 and 2 more and more. We've preached on this passage many, many times. Now let me read this to you, the passage that Brother Renel just read earlier. I appeal you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by the testing, by testing you may discern what is the will of God, His good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So how does this passage relate to everything that I shared to you? You know, there's two aspects of God's will. There's two aspects of God's will. Uh, I, you're familiar with this. Um, there's the revealed will of God. We know from the real, revealed will of God because the Word of God reveals it, right? The commands of Christ. But there's also another side of the will of God that's, I would say, specific to your life. Uh, you're not, you, you don't find it written in the Bible. Maybe the principles by which you choose whether you do this or not is found in Scripture, but word for word, you don't find that in the Bible. Um, maybe your place in the body of Christ. What ministry are you going to serve? Maybe the mission that God called you to accomplish in this world. You know, this is what the Bible calls His good and perfect will. This is what the Bible calls you know, good work. Amen? Prepared in advance for you to do. And, and what we know from Scripture is that His will, don't quote me on this, but let's just say 90% of the time, again, don't, don't quote the number, but it's just a number I'm throwing out of the air. 90% of the time, the will of God is known. The will of God is not a mystery, by the way. It's well known. It's not something you have to, what is the will of God? It's known. Very obvious, clear, clear as daylight, clear as crystal. So, because it's already revealed in His Word, and we are called here in this passage to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, meaning God is inviting you to offer your life as living sacrifice, not dead sacrifice, but offer sacrifices. You know, in the Old Testament, the dead animals were being used as sacrifice, and it was an aroma pleasing to the Lord. So if you take that principle, the will of God, when you offer your bodies as a living sacrifice to God, it is something that you do that is pleasing before God. And we know what it is, right? What pleases God is the obedience of His commands. Amen? Obeying His commands. In fact, in fact obeying His commands is worship. Remember the passage, to obey, to obey is better than sacrifice, meaning obeying God is far more better in pleasing God than the sacrifices. So God's will, what is actually what, what is God's revealed will? Meditate on his word, spend time with him in prayer. These are clearly commanded us in Scripture. Live a blameless life. Be faithful in your, in your time with God, in your time of prayer. Fellowship with other believers and send, basically come to church. Be part of a fellowship of believers. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your brothers as Jesus loves you, brothers and sisters as Jesus loves you. You know, and many other things. Serve one another. Forgive one another. Exhort one another. There's 30 plus one another commands in Scripture. So, these are the things that you know God is commanding you to do. That is the revealed will of God. And 90% of the time in the Christian life, again, don't quote me on that, it is clear, right? It's clear. You know what the will of God is. You're not just doing it. But you know what it is. You know what it is. However, there are going to be questions about, you know, is God calling me? 
Is God calling me to become a missionary or a pastor? Is God calling me to be an usher? Is God calling me to serve in the children's ministry or the youth ministry? We have those questions like that. Maybe God is, you have this question, who is the person I'm going to marry? <laughs> right? If you're single. If you're single. <laughs> or which university should I go to? Which college should I go to? Or what job should I, should I accept this job? Or should I move to another state? Or stay in Texas? You know, we ask those questions and we're asking God, Lord, reveal your will to me. What should I do, Lord? Hey, Lord, should I go to UT Austin, Lord, or, or should I go to UT Dallas? <laughs> right? And you know, God has specific things for you. Definitely, has, he has specific things for you. Going back to my story, my testimony. When I had those thoughts of becoming a pastor back then, when I was 18, 19, it started as a desire. It started as a desire. And even my, 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 my intention to work for that company, Intel, Back then, it was the biggest manufacturer of microprocessors. I really wanted to work for that company because I read about that company in my books, in my school textbooks. I said, hey, I'd like to work for that company. Then I, when I found out that in Manila, they had a new facility that's about to be built, I said, okay, I want to work there. But it started as a desire. It started as a desire. And during the time, those desires I had uh, to become a pastor or to, to work for this company, it felt that it was my own. I thought, okay, it's just my desire. This is really what I want. I was a believer in Christ. I was growing in Christ. But I had these desires and I said, okay, maybe this is really just what I want to do with my life. But behind the scenes, in hindsight now, looking back at my life, it was the perfect will of God. Eventually, I was hired by that company. I met my pretty, pretty wife, Rella, in that company. We were involved in church planting while I was working for that company. We, in fact, helped plant a church in Cavite while starting up a new built facility in Cavite as well. So, so because there are people moving into Cavite, we said, okay, come to our Church and the church actually started in my apartment, and Rella was one was our worship. You were the first worship leader, right? And and my, yeah, no choice. <laughs> and 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 Pastor Joey, he was one. Of, he was, he's our pastor. He's our friend, personal friend. He was the pastor. I was of course the keyboard player. Then my landlady, the owner of the, my apartment, was our first member. So there are four of us there sitting. <laughs> And praise God, right now, it's one of the churches that we're supporting now. They have their building now, and they got already a church there. They have their own building, so we're supporting them right now. Uh, the pastor now is Pastor Dom, Domingo Montesor and his wife, Leila. So, but obviously, looking back now, this is all God's will. Eventually, through that company, we're able to come to the U.S. and eventually here to Texas. If I did not obey those desires back then to work for this company, I would not be standing here preaching to you. Think about that. So God has a specific will, tailor fit for you. But here's the thing. Remember, just think about one side. God's revealed will, the 90%, and the 10% will specific for you, just like my own experience. How do you discern this? Sometimes God will reveal it to you through someone else, maybe through reading a book or watching something or some other people. Or sometimes it begins with a desire in your heart. It begins with a desire like my experience. It begins with a desire in your heart. So here's the situation. Not every desire in your heart, not every desire for God's glory. Maybe in your heart you want to start a ministry. Maybe you want to do this. Maybe you want to go to, to another state or something or do mission work in the Philippines. But not of all those desires, even though it sounds good, it looks good, 
not all of it is the will of God. Even though it looks good. You know why? The Bible says, the heart is deceitful above all things. Your heart is deceitful. It can deceive you. Even if the desire is a good thing, it can deceive you because it could lead, I desire to go to seminary, but it was not God's will. Right? So the heart is deceitful. And this, so how do you solve this problem? How do you solve this problem? And this is what Paul says. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Meaning, when you offer something, there is already an expectation. Meaning, God already set the standards. Okay, these are the things that you need to do. These are the things that I want you to do. You simply do it. Right? You cannot offer something you don't know what, if you don't know what to, how to do it, what to do. And these are the commands of Christ. He wants us to obey Him. In that way, you are offering your bodies as living sacrifice for him because it pleases him. The 90% thing. But as you do this, it says also here, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You begin to live a life that is holy, pleasing before God, honoring God moment by moment every day. And what is the outcome? Listen to this. Your mind is being renewed. You begin to discern what God wants for your life. And it says here, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now, as a believer, even though you have all these desires, desires for, for serving God, desires to move to maybe to another state, apply a new job, or whatever kind of decision you need to make, and you're going to ask, Lord, is this your will? The first thing you're going to do is listen to your heart and say, Lord, what is this? Then the next thing, this is what, don't obey the desire first, right away. First thing is, you test and approve it. And say, discern, is this the perfect, pleasing will of God? Discern, test, and approve. And say, okay, at the end, when you realize that when you tested, you find out that this is the will of God, then approve it. And say, Lord, okay, me working in that company is your will. I'm going to do it. Then once you approve it, then move forward with it. Move forward with it. But it starts with that desire. But it requires approval. And this is my concern in closing. This is the concern among many believers that I see among believers. You know, we want to live our life fully to the Lord. We want to serve Him. We want to do His will. And we say, I want to become a missionary to the Philippines. Or I want, Lord, what is your will? Should I move out of Texas? Or should I move to a different state? Or should I stay here? Lord, what is the school that I should go to? Lord, lead me, direct me, Lord God. A lot of people, believers think like this. But the question is, are you loving your husband? Or wife, are you respecting your husband? Are you fellowshipping with other believers? Are you spending time in the word of God? Are you faithfully praying daily? Are you studying, meditating the word of God? Are you serving God in the church? The question is, are you fulfilling the 90%? The revealed will of God. You have no business asking God, Lord Teach me, show me where should I go, school to go to, which state to go to. I'm going to be a missionary in a different country or whatever. You have no business doing that if you're not obeying the 90%. You're not obeying what is already revealed before you, what is clear to you. You have no business doing that. Because the truth is you're not willing to obey God. Why would he reveal to you specific things? You're not even willing to obey what is already Revealed. We waste a lot of time asking those kinds of prayer. Lord, what is your will? Where should I go? Whom should I marry? You have no business of asking God whom you should marry if you're not even reading your Bible. If you're not doing your devotions. If you're not going to church. It's a foolish thing to do. Because... What God seeks is a heart that obeys. And He will only 
reveal to you things when your heart is willing to obey. God does not throw pearls to pigs. I'm not saying that you're a pig, but you see the point. I hope you understand the point. Let us pray. Father God, Lord God in heaven, thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to our hearts, oh God, even to me, Lord. Lord, I, this is just this is my prayer, Lord God, that we as River Life and each of us, Lord, even those who are listening online, we will obey this, Lord God, that we will be careful, Lord, in how we live. Not as unwise, but wise, oh God. Making the most of every opportunity, Lord God. Making best use of the time we have on earth, Lord. And how do we, Lord, Lord, how do we make use of the time wisely, Lord? Help us to fulfill your commands, to obey your will. Particularly, Lord, your revealed will and your word of God, the commands of Christ that's clearly revealed to us, Lord, that all of us know already, Lord God. Give us the courage, the strength of God to obey, Lord. And that, Lord, in every moment of our life, we glorify Christ. Whether we eat or drink, even brush our teeth, we glorify Christ. Even while driving, we glorify Christ. And, Lord, in those moments, oh God, where we are unsure whether we should do this or that, Lord God, Lord, grant us the wisdom, Lord, to discern your perfect, pleasing will and approve it, O oh God, and say this is the will of God. But supply us with the discernment. Discernment comes from obeying you, from obeying your revealed will, O oh God. Lord, may you be glorified to this church. May you be glorified to the Lord. Let us be believers, followers of Christ, who make the most of every opportunity we have in Christ. All glory be to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.